0: Welcome to 50 and Well, where we discuss topics affecting 50-somethings and more. Our mission is to provide active individuals over 50 with the education, tools, and motivation to stay healthy. All it takes is a desire, time, and support to make the last 50 years of your life the best 50 years of your life. Mentally, physically, emotionally, financially, socially, our goal is to inspire you to 100 Today, we will discuss the ups and downs of being a professional student. Life often throws us curveballs, and being well-educated or an expert in some field can make one more marketable. But what happens when you decide to make a career change or advancement that requires obtaining an advanced degree later in life? Imagine taking on this challenge with a spouse or small children. Well, today we're going to discuss this topic with a special guest, but before we move forward, we have to read a small disclaimer. The information discussed during this podcast is not to be intended to be a substitute for professional advice. All content provided on this podcast is for informational purposes only. I'd like to welcome our special guest, lifelong learner and professional student, Marty. Hello, Marty. Thanks
1: for joining us today. Hi. Hey, how are you feeling? I'm feeling pretty well, thank you. (laughs)
0: I'm doing great. Can you give us a little information about your educational background?
1: I have a Bachelor of Arts in Music. I have a Master's of Education in Cross-Cultural Teaching. And I am currently working on my Doctor of Career Curriculum Instruction and assessment.
0: Oh, wow. That's a tongue twist, tongue twister, if I may say so yes. myself. How many years of your life have you been in school?
1: Well, I just counted them up, and I have to say it's 32 years.
0: Oh, my goodness. 32 years, and now you are um, over 50, but you've been in school for over 30 years. So most of your life has been in a classroom of some sort. Yes. Yes!
1: Wow, that's hard, so,
0: that's hard to believe. I bet you've got a library filled with books in your home, under your bed in your closet. In my closet, in the garage.
1: It's in the garage. Just collecting them. I, I do. I have them in the garage. Uh, I have them on the um, bookcase in the dining room. I have them on the bookcase in here. In my um, in this room, and yeah. I got lots of books.
0: So you weren't like most of us who sold our books back at the end of the semester.
1: Well, <laughs> you kept I over. did. I did do that for a couple of months. Um, I was coming down the track for my um, to finish my master's and I had to take one more class. So the books I had I sold because I didn't have any money. I wasn't working. Um, and I I needed to have the money so that I could buy other books.
0: Right. Right. I know I sold a bunch of my sister's books one time and now she knows if she's listening to this, but I needed money too. found a couple of books. I went on Amazon. That's when Amazon primarily sold books. It was Amazon and another bookseller online. And Mm -hmm. I sold those books. I probably got about a hundred dollars for those books. And mm-hmm. I even got to the place where I was going to the library to the used books section. Mm-hmm. And I would look up those books to see if they had any value. And there were a few books that I did get money for. I may have paid like 50 cents or a dollar at the library and yeah. sold them for at least 20, 30 dollars. So I've been there and you know, I think most of us have. Mm-hmm. Well, why did you decide to pursue a doctorate degree in, in, in your field, what made you decide to, because you said you have a bachelor's degree, you have a master's degree, you've been in school more than 30 years of your life, that's more than half of your life, and now you're pursuing a doctorate degree. Now, what made you decide to, to go back to school again?
1: Well, it started um, with me going to um, get my master's degree, um, and I knew that I'd always wanted to be a doctor. Um, for a while, I wanted to be a lawyer, a research veterinarian, and then when I happened to find teaching, I wanted to be able to give something back to the students. So that's how I got into um, teaching. Really, uh, I also do you remember the Pogs that they had at the gas stations? They gave it to you. I think it was at the Exxon gas station and the kids loved them, but it was called Pog, and. I believe that God was telling me that I needed to do something different and teach. So I have, instead of having POG, I chose to have it as an acronym for People Okay, Say God. So that's what I did. Hmm. What was it called again? POGs? P-O-G-S? P-O-G. G-P-O-G.
0: POG. No, I never heard of that. What, what was the purpose of this sign, POG?
1: I have no idea what this okay. was about, but it made sense to me, and okay. that guided me.
0: That guided you. So some of us who are, you know, 50 and older who were um, visiting Exxon gas stations as a child may have seen the same sign that you mentioned.
1: Right, right.
0: <laughs> okay. So uh, you're pursuing a doctorate degree. And um, can you share with us what the focus of your uh, doctorate degree is, or your focus of your study, research study is, and without going into it specifically, do you want to give us a little background?
1: Yes. Um President George W. Bush uh, had the No Child Left Behind campaign, and of mm-hmm. a- a- the reading um, purpose of it was so that people, that students would be reading proficiently by the end of third grade. And I knew that wasn't happening just based on the report cards I found it's on state website that third graders were not learning how to read. And so I, I decided that I was going to um, pursue that particular interest because of what I think I can bring to it. Um, and I'm dedicated as well.
0: Oh, that's great. That's great. So you mentioned that you were an educator. So you, what, what grade level did you teach? Or did you teach um, in college, university? What, what did you teach? What grade level? I,
1: I taught in the public school system. I taught second grade, fourth grade, and fifth grade and then high school. Um, it oh, was yeah. nine, nine through 12th grade. I was in English as a second language teacher. So most of my children, my students were entering the country for the first time. And I was basically teaching them English that they could learn to communicate with other people here.
0: Oh, wow. That sounds very interesting. So most of the students that you taught, they were not... Um... English was not their first language.
1: When at the school, when I taught high school, yes, none of them, um, none of them could speak English enough to get by to do uh, scholarly work, and I helped teach them.
0: Oh, wow! So, did you have to speak? Uh, additional languages in
1: order to instruct these students in English or no no I didn't have to learn but I did have some background in Spanish and my children my students were um, Spanish or they're from Latin America so they spoke Spanish so and some one young man was from I
0: believe it is. Oh, so he spoke French. Yes. Oh wow,
1: that French. sounds very
0: interesting. So, being a, a a teacher or an educator, um, from what I understand, the old adage is an effective teacher can teach anything. Would you agree with that? Yes. Yes, it sounds like that's kind of how you have faced your teaching career. You've taught uh, multiple grade levels, um, different subjects if you were an elementary school teacher, and then you also taught people who did not speak English. Oh, wow, that's fascinating. In English, because that's the language that you were speaking. Yeah. What challenges did you face teaching students who did not speak the same language as yourself?
1: Hmm. Sometimes I couldn't communicate with them um, quickly enough so that I could explain what was going on in the classroom to them. Sometimes I would have a hard time commuting with, with their parents if there was an issue with them. I would draw back on whatever little Spanish I had. But I should have been fluent in Spanish because I had it for... 5th, hmm. 6th, 8, and 10 through 12. How many years is that?
0: Um, 6 through 8 and 10 through 12 is that eight years? I should be, I should be a professional. Seven years, six or seven Fluid. years?
1: I should be fluent in Spanish, but when I was in high school, they just kept teaching me the same thing over and over again.
0: Yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. That's great. That's great. Well, is it, do you find it difficult to discipline yourself in order to tackle all of the coursework involved? I mean, considering that you are an older student, of course you're over 50 years old, like uh, most of us and our listeners here and you've been in school for most of your life and you, this is a degree you did not have to pursue is it difficult to discipline yourself to to do the research that's involved in obtaining this degree? And the coursework and the study and the listening, the learning, all of that, is it difficult for you to discipline yourself to, to tackle it?
1: It's difficult for me, especially because I have a learning disability, but I keep on keeping on. Um, I have some folks in my camp, who are encouraging me on a consistent basis and telling me things like, oh, I can do that. You must be good. So I, I have people in my corner, not just my, but my friends also. So you have
0: a learning disability and you were able to obtain a bachelor's, a master's, and now you're working on a doctorate degree. Yes. When did you learn that you had a learning disability? Did you know that? Early on in life, because from what I understand, a lot of adults will say that it was not detected their learning disability until maybe around high school. When did you learn that you had a learning when did you discover that you had a learning disability?
1: Actually, it was a couple of years ago.
0: Are you kidding me? So for over thirty years you had this learning disability. You were in school, you managed to get a bachelor's degree, a master's degree, and now a doctorate, and you just found out that you had a learning disability?
1: Yep. I don't know if I have a learning disability then, but I have it now. Okay. Okay.
0: And I'm sure it comes with age and attrition too. You know, now that you're, you know, the age that you are and you're still having to tackle this coursework. That's impressive. That's impressive. It's if you had fabulous. not chosen a career in education, what other career would you have pursued? I would have been a
1: professional singer. A singer. Yes. I learned. I went to school and I got my degree in music and uh, performing arts. Oh wow! Uh,
0: so how did you how did you transition into the world of education, coming with that performing arts background?
1: I just I found out it was something I love to do, and I got when I moved to California, I met with a producer. And I didn't like the music that he wanted me to sing. I thought he was pretty harsh.
0: I don't know his name or where he
1: lived, but he was a friend of my cousin's. And that just really discouraged me because I, I was entering a field where I didn't agree with the music that they were singing or playing. I didn't agree. Uh, so I pursued education because then I could write music for children as mm-hmm. well as did a little bit of that I could tie two careers together
0: yes yes so in your um, career as a teacher you were able to incorporate music into your teaching styles yes oh that's that sounds fun that sounds fun. okay well what opportunities have you sacrificed in order to pursue this advanced degree
1: I would say traveling. I traveled as much as I can. Um, and if I felt like I could actually squeeze a little bit of time in there for school, I always brought my um, computer. I uh, uh, would always sign into the hotel's Wi Fi. And um, I still managed to go quite a few places while I'm. I, um, mm-hmm. As long as I've been in this program, I, yeah, I've been to Canada. To, twice and falls Panama I've been quite a few places.
0: Oh wow so you're an international traveler and that what makes you an international student. Yes. yes (laughs) Yeah an international student. Wow Okay, how, do, how important is your um, support from family and friends or perhaps a spouse? How important has that support been for you while you've been pursuing your degrees?
1: It's been fantastic. Mm-hmm. I have friends and family who are there with me when I'm all distraught about something that's going on or not going on with school. Um, and my current professor, my Committee chairperson is so encouraging. He greets he greets me every time I talk to him. How are you doing? That kind of thing, and I love it because I need warm fuzzies instead of (laughs) strict and you know with no personality. I need somebody who has a feeling in their bones. Yeah, so I take
0: it you don't. I take it you don't have a military background. Then if you don't like the, you prefer the warm and fuzzy.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: Okay. So as far as family time, is that sacrifice, you know, time with family, time with your significant other, time with your children, has that been an issue for you while you've been pursuing school for over 30 years? Yes,
1: absolutely. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: But sometimes I miss out on family events. So we get together for holidays and birthdays and sometimes I can't I might be able to go a little bit if they're if we're having it at my house but if it's held any other place I may not be able to go depending on what I'm working on.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How long have you been in this program?
1: Eight years.
0: Oh wow yes it's quite a long program wow. So, do you think that this will be the last degree that you pursue? Is this it for you?
1: I'll probably not be alive. <laughs> I have to do another one. No. <laughs> I think this is it.
0: This is it. This is yep. it. So, no specialized certifications after this. You don't want to go to law school or perhaps become a certified public accountant. You don't want to tackle that as well?
1: No. To be honest, <laughs> when I was looking on a- when I was looking at opportunities for me to better myself with education, I looked at law schools as well. Hmm. Huh? Okay. When? Okay. Oh, that's, that was it.
0: No, what, what made you decide not to pursue the law degree?
1: Oh. I found out that I like uh, teaching better. Okay. Okay. Once I started teaching, I knew that that's where I belong.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The classroom with 30 kids and, you know, being able to express myself to get them to express themselves through learning and writing and reading and math. I loved it.
0: I can tell that you love it. You hear the excitement in your voice. Well, how much longer do you have with this uh, doctorate degree program that you're pursuing? How much longer do you have? A year. A year. Okay. So it sounds like you're almost finished with it. Do you have any regrets?
1: Uh, I regret not going to a brick and mortar institution.
0: Okay.
1: I think I would have been finished a long time ago if I had, Mm. but I have to make an appointment to speak with my professor even if I might have an immediate question. Um, I spend my time emailing and I just met my second committee chair, I mean my second committee member um, like two weeks ago. So. Yeah, I prefer to go to like a second institution. I think it would be better for
0: me. Oh wow, that's good to know. Especially for people who are not, you know, at our age, you know, we didn't grow up with Wi Fi and the internet and computers in the classroom. We had paper, pencil, calculators, trapper keepers and that sort of thing. And um You know, brick and mortar was all we knew, but now there are so many opportunities with distance learning and online learning. But to hear you say that if you were in a traditional classroom setting, you felt that you would have been you would have completed this degree because you would have been in an environment, maybe the support of the instructor there in front of you, other students with you, um, more structure, more structured environment. Then you think Definitely. that you would have been much more successful. Well, it's a good thing to know that there are still programs that take place in an actual brick and mortar class, I and mean, you still have your traditional universities and colleges that people can pursue these advanced degrees in. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. So that's still an option. Well, what would you say um, has been an advantage or a benefit from being an online student or a distance learning student? Well, what are the advantages? to that
1: the advantages is being on um, being able to do all of my work at home and i don't have to have any lectures or anything like that um, and i think that's been helpful for me i mean, think it's like the best of both worlds i would prefer to do the brick and mortar next time but i still think i benefited from having uh Having um, or being in an institution, I, I think that that would have been better for me. Mm-hmm. And times I miss it, but at the time I did some on my online learning when I got my master's degree, and I liked it then. But something is as as um as necessary as a uh, something that's needed for. You need to obtain a doctorate. I think it would have been better if I was in the
0: classroom. Mm, that's nice to hear because one of my follow-up questions would be, what advice would you give a person over 50 who is contemplating returning to school for any type of program or professional degree? What, I guess one bit of advice would be for them to um, maybe try out online learning, but maybe not commit to it if it may not be right for them or um how would how, how would one know what is a best fit for them? Which one is the best fit? Should they do a hybrid program or what would you recommend?
1: I think I would recommend a hybrid program. Okay. Um. But what I would advise is that you go to a brick and mortar institution um, and be prepared to miss out on family and friends events. Um, gotta be able to stay focused all the time, with a little bit of yourself um, along the week, make sure that you are actually engaged in doing, uh, in doing something that has to do with your learning and writing. Um, save all of your articles. You'll be collecting them, you'll be eating articles, reading articles, hearing articles. Make sure you keep them and you collect them and um, be prepared. For your committee chairpersons and committee member to make changes to your document, they will drive you absolutely crazy, but you have to hang in there and accept the fact that they're just trying to find the best for you and what makes the best fit for you and mm-hmm. the degree that you're,
0: you've you chosen. Is it important to be tech savvy as far as having a, your own personal computer, having a smartphone? Uh, knowing certain programs on how to use them. What, what what would be the basic necessities or essentials that a person our age, that when we grew up, we, did, we just had a calculator, pencil, pen, paper. Now things have changed. What essential items does a person in this day and age need when they're going to go back to school?
1: For me, I needed to have a laptop. A laptop, okay. A laptop, and a laptop because you can take it anywhere you want to go. I loaded it on the plane. You can't check it through the uh, through the check for You have to take it with you if you want to keep it. Um, Ask me the question again.
0: What what type of essentials? So, a laptop computer. What else would uh, a student in this day and age need? This is you know 2020. At this point, um, school is different than it was when we were. Younger When we were in our 20s and in our teens, now things are different. Uh, You need to be prepared with what essential. So you mentioned a laptop computer.
1: Uh, If you are interested in doing quantitative research, then you need to be familiar with all the statistics. I mean, I learned all of of the statistics. I even had a class in statistics. I'm getting all tongue-tied. But um, I, ha- I went to a class at Morgan State University for um, two classes. One was on psychology and the other one was for behavioral statistics. So if you have a calculator, that would be very helpful to you because you have to learn how to use it, which I at this point don't know how to use a calculator as far as <laughs> quantitative research. Okay. I'm interested in qualitative and Hearing people's feelings and their emotions and things like that rather than worrying about the numbers and whose numbers are more. And- right. Right.
0: What about a smartphone? Would a smartphone be helpful? Smartphone, laptop?
1: I don't, I, the laptop, yes. I don't. My smartphone has only helped me because uh, my advisor can contact me on the phone. I wouldn't. Right. I needed a uh, uh, a smartphone for anything.
0: Okay, but if you were like in a brick and mortar type institution in class, uh, I could imagine that it could be helpful. You know, if you do decide to take your laptop to class, otherwise a smartphone can do a lot of things as well. Yeah, just just want our listeners to know that, you know, times have changed. And in this day and age, It's not just paper, pencil, and calculator. You've got to be familiar with actual technological devices, such as a tablet or a laptop or a desktop computers. You need to have these things in order to participate in these programs. It's almost a requirement because gone are the days where you spend all of your time at the library. You can actually access a lot of materials online Right, you can actually, you know, access the library online, and there are some books and articles that you can download on your computer.
1: Yeah, I spent yeah. A, a lot of t- most of my time. I've, I've spent um, um, obtaining books and articles, and I've even been to the Library of Congress in DC looking for articles because it's it what I'm interested in as far as helping third grade. Graders learn to read as um, George W. Bush recommended that everyone, every child should learn to read by the third grade. So I was looking for articles and research on that. I hardly found anything.
0: Oh, wow. So that just goes I to show that. that, that what, you- I,
1: what I'm doing, I know that it's something that's needed because I couldn't find it anywhere.
0: Absolutely. So it's a good idea that you have decided to pursue this advanced degree. And it sounds like your research topic is something that is that's essential in this day and age that you want to assist these children to be able to learn to read. Yeah. So you mentioned previously that you decided to to pursue this degree to help your community. Um, Can you tell me a little bit about this community of children that you want to help or you want to assist with this research study and with this advanced degree?
1: Well, um, I grew up in the neighborhood. And uh, uh, in fact, my family still has a house in the neighborhood. I go to church in the neighborhood. And a lot of things happen in this neighborhood. I'm finding out that burglary is a crime that happens in the neighborhood where I live. Um, I, a lot of drug activity. There have been drive by shootings in that neighborhood. Um, so I know that the the kids in the classroom are going to be exposed to that. So I want them to be able to what's the word? Improve themselves by being equipped with um, the knowledge that they can move forward, find jobs and take care of families instead of going to prison and having lower self esteem. I, I just want I just want them to be successful. Okay, wow. It wow. starts at third grade because when you're in third grade, you're still learning how to read. But mm-hmm. when you're in fourth grade, you're reading to learn. So you have to know how to read by the time you get to fourth grade because you'll be left behind. So mm-hmm. that was George Bush's, that was his um, mandate. His vision yeah. as well.
0: So the right. children
1: read by third grade. I, I agree with him. I didn't like the initiative initiative i did not like it but i understand what he was trying
0: to do wow isn't that something so 20 years later here we are discussing no child left behind and seeing the effects that it had on you as a teacher at that time when that initiative was brought forward and you probably did not realize that years later you would actually be researching the same topic essentially Wow!
1: God well, things plans for me.
0: Exactly, exactly. And you did mention that your church is in your community. Now, would you say that having a faith faith based connection or some sort of other connection with um, a group of strong uh, believers in meditation, yoga? or any yeah. other type of balance or self-balance that you can get from being a part of a collective? Has that been helpful for you?
1: Well, I, I have a ministry at church, which also ties in my music degree. Um, well, we work as a team to visit the sick and the sh- shut-in. And when I go, I make sure that I sing a song for them. Um, and I what else do I do? I get to talk with them and find out what their lives for like, because by the time I'm talking to these, they're usually women, and um, they're in their 70s or 80s. I, I'll, I'll, I surround myself with the eldresses, what I call them, and I looked it up in the dictionary, and it's a real word, eldresses, um, um, like the elders, and I go out to lunch with them, and I learn from them, and, and they support me with what I'm doing.
0: That's great. That's great. Well, Marty, do you have any last words that you would like to share with um, our listening audience? We appreciate you so much for giving us this um, life experience of yours as a lifelong learner. Any parting words that you have for us?
1: Know yourself and love yourself. Remember the abilities that you have. You can use those no matter how old you are. Because I'm getting old now. I, I'm, I've got wrinkles and stuff now. Um, you can um, keep in touch with your faith-based community. You, you never know what kind of support you're going to get from them. Um, my uh, I have two really um, good friends at my church. One must be about 85, and the other one must be about 75. And they even went with me on a cruise when I celebrated my 50th birthday. Oh, I wow. My articles that I had for my proposal, they, I mean, they've always been there for me to say, is there anything you want me to do? And mm-hmm. I called them this semester because I really did need them. And I thought that was good.
0: Wow. That's amazing. That's amazing. Well, thank you for joining us. Um, I hope you enjoyed your time here as much as we enjoyed having you here. Perhaps we can have you on a future show where you can go into more about your research studies since you'll be finishing up with that pretty soon. Yes. Okay, well, thank you so much. And to our listening audience, we thank you for joining us. And just a reminder that our mission is to provide active individuals over 50 with the education tools and motivation to stay healthy. All it takes is the desire, time and support to make the last 50 years of your life the best 50 years of your life. We hope to have you guys back again to grow with us, learn with us. And in the words of Polonius and Shakespeare, to thine own self be true.